0: Welcome to another episode of Black Boy Joy. You're here with me, Ainsley. And also with me, Kieran. And yes, we have a new special episode. One, because it's one of the first in person episodes that we've done, well, kind of in person episodes that we've done since before coronavirus hit. So I'm pleased to be welcomed by, to be sat next to, uh, (laughs) Joshua Royal. He's a dancer based in London. He's coming up come up with a new project, it's just in time for our day today, called HIV The Naked Truth. So we're just going to chat, have a talk about that, kind of find out a bit more. So welcome to that boy, joy, Josh. Thank you very much, Ainsley. <laughs> welcome, um, welcome. We should say to the lovely listeners that um, we are currently sitting with a glass full of Prosecco. <laughs> <laughs> <How's laughs> <you> That's <think? laughs> um, Josh and I, what are you on? You don't mind calling you Josh.
1: No, 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 no.
0: What are you on,
2: Key? I'm on cider. To, to <laughs> yeah. Which one have you got? The hen- you, know, you know the Henry Wesson that I first had at your house? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. This bad boy. That's the 8.2% uh, the 8, the 8. Uh, cider, which is Cider crazy. reminds
1: me of my student days when we had like apple cider and mm-hmm. we just yeah. got pissed
0: in the pubs and bars. Which apple cider was it though? Because there is oh, a hierarchy. The They're pear, not all made.
1: Pear, pear cider.
0: Pear cider. Yeah. Well, you know, like, so. Who was Bulma's? it? was Bulmers? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: maybe Bulmers, yeah. Yeah. No, right. Yeah.
0: On the bottom wrong. Well, no, the very, very bottom wrong. Like, you know, like fucking like white lightning. I love that stuff. That's it's got to be
2: Strongbow, surely, on the bottom Yeah, front. and then
0: Strongbow's, like, slightly above that. <laughs> and then I'd say that, like, above that is kind of, like, the Savannah Dry side. I don't think you've ever yeah. tried that before. And then, like, top tier is, like, the bougie ones, like, not like, the mixed summer food <laughs> ones and, like, all of those ones. The ones that, like, it feels like there's more sugar in it than alcohol.
2: can't mm, you oh, like
0: so You'll feel yeah, it. <laughs> cause
2: I'm not, yeah, because I'm not a fan of the really sugary ones like Copperberg and... Mm. Um, What's the other one called? There's a cup of recorder, Luke, and. Old meat, no? side, everything there. That's yeah, the that's I mean. one. The old meat always gives me a headache that one does, like their strawberry and <laughs> lime ones. No, I've it's, always it's... been
1: a Prosecco drinker. Prosecco makes me happy.
2: Oh, okay. I prefer <laughs> yes.
1: champagne.
0: You prefer like a champagne? I do. I actually, I think I agree with you. It,
1: it's just more like. Sh- champagne's just very harsh. Like,
2: mm-hmm. Champagne's really too dry for me. The problem is
1: if I drink too much, I, I expose the naked truth.
2: i didn't start having prosecco so maybe like properly maybe uh probably two years ago and it's um it's a good pre-drink i find a very good pre-drink like i'm gonna go out afterwards um,
1: you know like yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) i reckon you'd do well on a bottomless brunch if you like prosecco i
1: love brunches but i literally I get so pissed so easy because I usually don't eat anything at breakfast apart from my Weetabix.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I always have a Weetabix for honey.
0: Yeah, it's okay. Like my go to yeah. morning. That's like a good way to start yourself, start is. yourself off, isn't it? I, yeah, I right. don't usually
1: eat like, big meals. I like, just have, I, I can eat a load of, I go through phases like where I eat a load of junk, like not dancer's diet. Yeah. But then I have, <laughs> like, I'll eat pizza and like Chinese and chocolate clairs. And sometimes I'll just like eat like a salad or salmon and stuff and pret
0: and stuff. Mm-hmm. I go through phases, right? So I, it sounds well. It sounds if you have like you keep up quite a healthy diet, I guess you'd say.
1: I just we as a dancer, we burned it off a lot. Like you're you're training all day long. Yeah. Mm. So you like train from like let's say like ten in the morning till six at night. Yeah. And you got rehearsals. You got um, ballet classes. Like. Paduza, solo classes like men's work, and I remember when we were in America, it was like your whole day was full, mm-hmm. but they had they all did their schoolwork, and while they did their schoolwork, I would go to the studio, write down my lyrics because there's a story I have to tell you, but like um, I I would go and write down my lyrics just about my emotions of the relationship I had with this guy when I was there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, literally. I just loved it. I played the piano. I'd express my emotions. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, was a way of expressing myself. I've always loved being able to dance, express myself. Yeah. Uh, and it's a way of uh, expressing yourself without words. Yeah, you know, of course. Dance is expressing yourself without words. Yeah. You know? It's a beautiful way of um, just showing your emotions through movement. Mm-hmm. And it's I, 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 I had a break from the dancing world I, uh, in 2015. Wait, 2015, when I was diagnosed with HIV. Mm-hmm. So when I was diagnosed with HIV, I had already been diagnosed with bipolar. And so it was the m- battling being an artist with my mental health and of course, yeah. the fear of being HIV and like um, the, sh- the shame I felt and not yeah. knowing how to tell my family. Because really, to be honest, my middle-class family who all their friends are like, called it the riffraff that get HIV.
0: Right,
1: because they don't understand the stigma that goes with it.
0: Yeah. So Mm. they
1: just think all the people that have sex and get HIV are the ones that slut around and sleep around and there's still a lot of stigma. And even yesterday when we were rehearsing on The Common, Mm -hmm. we were just rehearsing, me, two black guys rehearsing the duet. And because it's an intimate piece, like it was... She's racist and homophobic, but if it was a straight couple,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we would not have had that issue. Like me, Rose Alice, and Callum Sterling are both really lovely souls and really nice, uh, famous artists like, yeah. in the dancing world, like well established. And really it was not needed and it was So hold on. So this happened This happened yesterday, we're on the common. We we're on the common common I think she was she must have been Russian. And she came up to us and she was like, Have you got a permit? You're upsetting my children. Like, I was like, Seriously, woman? Like the whole park is available for you. We're on the common on the bandstand. Yeah. Because it's got a flat platform. Yeah. And we haven't got a studio to rehearse. Like, so there's so much stigma about being black, queer, and
0: um, gay. And yeah. Stuff, you yeah. Know? It's yeah. like
1: it's ridiculous.
0: I think it's that queer lives matter, really. One hundred percent. I think like that woman, like Really, you could have told her to mind her own fucking business.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, we just decided silence was the most grown up way to act, and we just went away. We're gonna, it just means it's gonna be hard work tomorrow when we do the film. We have to do all the choreography on set, right? So, we're gonna start 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. non stop rehearsing, okay? Uh, filming like all on the locations,
0: yeah. But it'll be a
1: really powerful piece because we're both black and we're both gay, he's got a boyfriend. But we're going to end. We're co- we're cover drugs, we're going to cover the sex, we're going to cover the HIV,
0: we're going right, to cover the black okay. people. So it will be an impressive piece. And and this piece, this for the... for the...
1: For The Naked Truth. Okay. So this will be featured in The Naked Truth with music by Alberto Giorioli, if I got his name right. Mm-hmm. We've got music rights for that, and I'm really honoured to be using his music. But... um. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting. We've got some great dancers from big ballet companies. Sasha Mukhamedov, who I went to school with at Mm -hmm. the Royal Ballet School. Yeah. Danilo Palmieri, who was at the Scala Ballet. He went to the Royal Ballet School. Mara Galeazzi, Royal Ballet, ex Royal Ballet, sorry. Uh, We've got Nandita, who was uh, with Ballet Black. We've got Jacqueline Back, who I danced with with Hack Ballet. Mm -hmm. Who else have we got? We've got Havana's Lupion Martinez. She's only 15 years old. Yeah. She's got the voice of an angel. It's just like this really husky Amy Winehouse kind of voice. Okay. Who else have we got? Let me think. Oh, Adrian Del Arroyo. I can't say his name because I hope it's with names. But he's my producer. Mm-hmm. And literally he's got his company and his piece is going to be in the piece, in, in the event. I cannot remember the name of the piece, <laughs> but it's a really beautiful piece. I've seen it and it's really, really moving. It's a big cast yeah. and he's been a blessing from God. Like he's really supported my journey on this event and believed in my vision. And he's put, put timeless effort into this. Like okay. he's like spent hours and hours, his team and creative team. Um, We just want to end stigma through the arts. Like we, the arts is really like, dying right now yeah there's no theaters opens all these artists are training hard and for me i just wanted to give artists an
0: opportunity to perform could you say a bit about like what hiv naked truth is if no one oh yeah no i oh, So i haven't
1: explained it so the naked truth is an online hiv awareness event that is as each piece is uh, in the event has been created by the artists mm-hmm. so on the topic hiv and they've expressed it in their own way Okay. So it will be raising money for the Terence Higgins Trust in the mm-hmm. which is the leading sexual health Great charity. Yeah. And you can text don you can text naked on the night of the event to mm-hmm. donate. Um but it's really to try and end stigma and to have a night of entertainment with poetry, music, dance. My best friend's involved in it. He's gonna be debuting debuting his poetry album, um, his piece from his poetry album and then we've got the singers as well it's just going to be a fun event that is going to make you think about and educate we've got jiday mccauley yeah he's featured in the event and he's going to talk about his life and his story which is amazing mm-hmm. he's a blessing from god as well mm-hmm. um i think he's been featured on your podcast he it? has yeah yeah I noticed that.
0: William,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I, when i saw that i was like okay this not some fake like podcast or anything, like that. it was
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you got
1: to do your research, now. of course. Of course. Pals, <laughs> <you know? laughs> no, no, so when I saw that, I was like, Jade is genuinely an amazing guy, and he's been a real inspiration. He's given me lots of opportunities this year, uh, performing at Pride Inside, the Black Gay Pride is a Riot, and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I'm just so super proud of him. And then we had Liam Beattie from the Terrence Higgins Trust. Mm-hmm. So he came along and is being interviewed. I don't know if that will be featured in the SAVE product, but he's going to be featured in it. Mm-hmm. So he'll talk about the Terrence Higgins Trust. Um, I just love the work the Terrence Higgins Trust do. You mm-hmm. know, They're so... Freddie Mercury donated money to them as well, mm-hmm. and I'm a big fan of Freddie Mercury. The, the event will honour Rudolf Nureyev and Freddie Mercury, mm-hmm. who are two of my favourite artists in the world. Rudolf Nureyev was a ballet dancer. Mm-hmm. Well, well, well known ballad dancer. If it makes any sense, the perspective's going to my head. <laughs> and then um, uh, Freddie Mercury, he's just a phenomenal artist that I love all his music. And we're going to have a song, a duet of Who Wants to Live Forever Why? featured in the event Yeah, with my girl, Havana. You're going to love her. Um, but it's just going to be a really fun event. Like, we just want to, with, with this COVID and stuff, like, I feel. HIV is a topic we still need to hit. Like there's so yeah. much stigma, especially in the middle class people. We're, we're featuring in a gay magazine in Oxford as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that people will watch the event. And I feel, I just want to, cause I've been diagnosed since 2015 and mm-hmm. I, there's still a lot of stigma with it. You have to tell your partners that you're HIV and they're like, oh, I, I won't sleep with you unless you've got there's PrEP now, which is available in the UK, free of charge. Mm-hmm. And that's a major breakthrough for us. Yeah, Like I feel. If they, if they had PrEP when I was younger, I would have taken it because I love sex without a condom, so, yeah. you know, but now there is PrEP and people should really use it. Yeah, I mean, there's still other STDs like chlamydia, gonorrhea, syphilis, all this kind of stuff, and you still should get tested regularly just for your health's sake. Yeah. And I for younger people, I just definitely recommend them to get tested. Because if I had not got tested, I wouldn't have found out I was HIV.
0: Of course, yeah. That's, mm. Getting
1: tested That's regularly and looking after yourself, being sensible. Like I got into the drug scene as a young kid. Like I came back from America. I didn't have friends. Yeah. And I just wanted to be loved and to be around people. Now I've got my best friend, but back then it was like shoplifters, group sex. It was. uh toxic drugs yeah and i just wanted to fit in with the society and i thought that's what all gays were like but now i i found the church you know the church was a big thing for me okay like i i went i as grew up in a christian family baptist church and for me it was a sense of community Mm -hmm. and as soon as i got to the uh student life i was told i can't get confirmed because i'm gay and i can't have gay sex ever again right and i was like well if i can't have sex what's the point in living right okay
0: so well, hold on <laughs> so you, you've <laughs> mentioned true right it's true it is very true sex <laughs> is the best part of life come on well hold on you've mentioned america a few times yes america
1: yeah
0: so you went there to train at, i went uh, there Dantra. to train in philadelphia
1: so that was in 2010, 2011.
0: Okay, so you were, you were young. I was only
1: I was eighteen when I went out there.
0: Right. Okay. So I was only a little kid. Okay. So you mentioned before, so you kind of like went to the Royal Ballet. School. I,
1: yeah, at age eleven, I okay. did the jazz before that and danced with um, Royal Ballet in Don Quixote and the uh oh what was it Swan Lake. Okay. But then I Mm -hmm. went to the Royal Bicycle at age 11 Mm -hmm. and I got to dance in Sleeping Beauty with the Royal Ballet, which was amazing because we were with the company and uh, it was just incredible. I I was a proper bumhead. I knew every dancer in the Royal Ballet. Mara Galeazzi was one of them. Yeah. And Marionella and Carlos Acosta, who's my idol. Yeah. Because he's a man of color. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just love him. And he's now director of the Royal Ballet.
2: Okay, uh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, yeah. oh, I was I was supposed to watch something he was doing and uh, coming up to yeah. Newcastle. He he was doing a like you know everything got cancelled for COVID. But I had tickets to go and see him in Newcastle this year, and I can't remember what it was he was producing, but um, we couldn't go because it, it was like in May or something, and, and COVID came, so everything was. He's taken an off.
1: amazing guy. Like I yeah. remember when he lifted me as a little J. I was only a little boy, and I was like, I got goosebumps, like. I was mm-hmm. um, on the Royal up House stage, and he was like, "My, I've read all his books, I've watched all his films. Okay. <laughs> like he's he's just so enthusiastic and passionate. Mm-hmm. Like I would, I, 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 if I was a girl,
2: he might be my dream partner. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you know? Did you know from fairly young that you wanted to? Because you know, I think you said you started ballet um, when you were Yeah, I would,
1: uh, So I was at Cranford House School, and mm-hmm. then I started ballet classes then. Uh, and the girls used to go after school. So I was like, Mom, I want to do ballet. The girls are doing it. And so I got into classes. Because I've always been around girls. Girls are my girlfriends. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> so they got, got me into ballet. And then I started doing ballet classes with Sarah Doige. She was my first ballet teacher. Hmm. And she was like, you should audition for the Royal Ballet School. Mom and Dad were like, what? No way. And they realized then you must have a talent. And when I got in, they were like, okay, you must have a talent. So... Hmm just pursue his dreams so I was the only boy from all boys private school that went to a ballet school they Mm. all went to Radley and all those posh middle class schools that I don't like talking about yeah and um I just did what I wanted to do but it was a bit of a whirlwind I won't lie you know I was such a young boy I was just doing what I loved doing and um, I met other boys that did ballet yeah which was amazing like yeah yeah I thought I was the only one. It was just a girl's thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So it was a blessing, but it was really hard at the Royal Ballet School. The training was amazing, but I got a lot of racism. Mm -hmm. And because children from different backgrounds, you know, people that haven't been educated or just got this, the sense to be human, like, like, that was when I first heard about racism. I didn't really know about it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when the first time I found out I was black, like when I was a baby, I was like, oh, she's chocolate, to the heiress on the plane. But like, yeah. <laughs> that was when I realised my colour. Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> I imagine you being at the Royal Ballet School, you must have been one of very, very few people of colour. one of the I, I
1: mean, at the time, I don't think there was another brown boy's skin, apart from Carlos Costa in the Royal Ballet. Yeah. Which is why I've always looked up to him. Mm-hmm. And now they've got mm-hmm. Eric Underwood, Fernando Montano. I'm sure there's more. Um, yeah, there's more. I can't remember the names. Because I've been out of the ballet world for so long now. So, But, you know, it's, it's amazing. And um, I just love the things Eric Underwood's doing with fashion. I love the stuff Eric, uh, Carlos Acosta's doing with ballet company and Royal, Abema Royal Ballet. Like, I really look up to them as role models.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you were, at, you were at the Royal Ballet School from about 11 to, 18, 11 to, 16, to 16. 11
2: to 16. But I
1: okay. did from age 9 to 10.
2: Right. How did, did that, how did that work? Was that like a Saturday thing or was it from uh, junior or... associates?
1: Um, from 9 to 10 was mm-hmm. uh, associates, yes. So, we got to perform with the Royal Ballet every summer in Swan Lake and Don Quixote. And I was just mm. a little boy, and it was my first time on stage. I remember shivering. And breaking into sweat when I was holding the dress of the Queen. Um, <laughs> yeah. on as, as she comes through, is the mother of the. What was is the first scene when the Queen comes through? And that was my first one with Jamie Litster. He came over and he said, Don't worry, you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. And he was just seeing that blank, blackness. And that was the audience that was going to become my like favorite thing in the world when you perform. And you're on stage and you get that buzz and the lights on you. It's and a
2: proper rush, isn't it? Yeah. Like, it's a rush. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even
1: yeah. when I got to the Royal Ballet School and the, mu- the orchestra started playing the music for uh, Sleeping Beauty and you're just like, oh, it's like that buzz. Like, you know, that introduction mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just the build up to it, the suspense and being able to talk to all the company. I mean, when you're at the Royal Ballet School, you do not appreciate what an amazing opportunity it is. Mm-hmm. but obviously when I stopped at Central and then I did have a contract to go I'm, I'm jumping from thing to thing
2: oh it's fine no just everywhere yeah. so um,
1: I, I, when I left Central which is a three year degree course um, I really found myself there but I had a contract to go to Croatia right yeah but the government cut the funding so I couldn't go which is why I went to America so um, what was my point I had a point and I've lost my point
0: so you were kind of, you're like, like tracking your kind of your dance career, so. Yeah,
1: so, oh yeah, so I went to America. When I came back from America,
0: I toured with Vienna
1: Festival of Ballet, Merli Dance, Nia Ballet, Hat Ballet, and then when I got to, just before I left the com- uh, my dance career, I did English National Ballet's Romeo and Juliet at the Royal Albert Hall, and yeah. that was amazing because Tamara Rojo was director. <laughs> And, you know, she's done such great work. And she was dancing with Carlos Acosta. So my two role models, mm-hmm. Carlos Acosta and Tamara Rojo. Uh, and it was just such a... I was really depressed then, but it was one of the highlights of my career was dancing with ballet, Ballet. Right, okay. Like being on the Royal Albert <sighs> Hall stage in the rounds. But I was just so tired and depressed and I couldn't enjoy it fully. Yeah. Um, and I took a break. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I need to take a break. I'm... Not happy with how I look. I gained a bit of weight because mm-hmm. I was uh, like depressed and mm-hmm. stuff, and I, I didn't like that because I was very skinny. I grew up very skinny, and I love I loved the way I looked like skinny. I had confidence in myself as a kid, mm-hmm. but I lost it all at the Royal Ballet School. And right, it was always a struggle. It was always a struggle.
0: Yeah. So it's okay. So it sounds well. It sounds if you had like quite a big like quite a big like with career, lots of highlights.
1: Oh, yeah, I missed one. When I was at the Royal Ballet School, I was Young British Dancer of the Year. okay,
0: I, uh, semi-finalists.
1: yeah. Semi-finalists. Not Young British Dancer of the Year. <laughs> I wish. I wish. Semi-finalists of the Young British Dancer of the Year, 2006. Okay. And that was when I got bipolar. Was that high of being on, like, cloud nine, mm-hmm. and then my Nana died, and I right. went real to a low. And that's when I felt in myself that I was having highs and lows. I see. And yeah. so then I saw a psychiatrist, and... Um,
0: yeah it all went from there really okay i think one thing i'm getting from you like already just in this half hour that we've been speaking is that like a real passion for dance i love dance
1: and you know i think that's what was missing in my life that and singing i love to sing for myself but really dance i've not enjoyed dancing as much as i have now mm-hmm. like that break and i just next year once I've done The Naked Truth, I really want to focus on getting myself into shape so I can do more performing right, and okay. be respected as an artist. I know? see,
0: yeah. So how long has it been since you've like left the dance world, would you say? It's been about five years. Five
1: years. But I'm going back into it, and so for me to be performing again, yeah. I've performed at summer school shows, like Anna Davidova's 10-year anniversary, uh, Mark Eli's Portobello Dance School, 25th year anniversary so that was my stepping stone to get back into it right okay just to be in the limelight again yeah and obviously this project's brought me in the limelight again just because i'm around so many amazing artists that i've organized myself yeah and you know i feel this is my big opportunity to like show the world that i've overcome hiv i've overcome bipolar I've overcome the bullying I went through at school. I've overcome the self-consciousness I've done. Yeah. And I battled this all, like, over my 20s. And I feel maybe my 30s are my time to really show the world what I'm capable of. Yeah, Because it was not an easy ride. It's been so hard. My family mm. has supported me so much. Like, I owe my life to them. Like, if I could give them, like, a million dollars each, like, I would give them a million dollars each. They're just just. They they deserve so much more. They they helped me lift my spirits. They, yeah. They nurtured my sexuality. They nurtured everything. Yeah. And um, I, I couldn't ask for any better friends. They're my best friends in the world.
0: Yeah.
1: And my sister's been supportive and she's just had a baby. Oh, okay. Baby Lara. Yeah. She's the cutest thing. She's the most pretty little baby ever. Yeah. Oh, my God. If you could... Oh, she's just so gorgeous.
0: Well, yeah. Um, Proud Gonkul. It's great to hear that you have, like really like great supportive family
1: and my grandparents i do i should mention my grandparents they they are older but they've always and they do they're so cute at christmas they dance in
0: the like living room because right. they do ballroom dancing together i see yeah they're just lovely that's really that's like so cute and i've also got
1: two brothers from my dad's first marriage
0: right yeah And they've
1: gotten uh kids as well and i really i've loved watching my uh, my nephews grow up okay I'm yeah i'm a family person but obviously I'm always disaster with relationships, so right. I see. <laughs> if I ever find Mr. Prince charming, that'll be the day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if it exists, to be well, to be honest with you, it sounds like from what I'm hearing from you, you have like rich nurturing family yeah. They love and support you, and care oh, about so amazing. you. Yeah, so amazing. So I think you're winning. Honestly, yes. I think in that respect, anyway, like you're winning. Like, what more could you ask for? Meet Lady Gaga. <laughs> I think that's every
1: case dream. Maybe to be featured in Attitude magazine that will tick the the list. You know, yeah. but that that it's never say never. I say never yeah. say never. Like who knows what's gonna happen in the future? And um, you know, Lady Gaga really helped move my sexuality when her Fame album came out.
0: Right, I see. I yeah. her
1: lyrics, and I've I've seen all her concerts apart from the two that were cancelled. But like I'm supposed to see her chromatic ball. I was supposed to go this year, but it's been postponed next year. Yeah.
0: But she was one of those icons that really helped me with my sexuality. Okay. So would you say I'm I'm sensing that Lady Gaga stand vibes for me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I just feel she writes her own music. She's what she believes in, and like how she when she talks to you, it's just so liberating. And I want to, I want to be able to be not like her because she's a woman, but like do my own thing but in her way you know right yeah yeah she's just so powerful and she's she helped me through a lot of my struggles like battling my bullying and yeah and i think she's been through the same struggle as well mm-hmm. with bullying and trying to make it as an artist and yeah so there's things i can relate to and i think that's the thing as an artist we need to find people that we can relate to and mm-hmm. guide us yeah
0: as well as god yeah yeah what did you think of her new chromatica album
1: oh my god so my favorite songs are fun tonight hunt 1000 does rain on me and sign from
0: above okay
1: amazing amazing <laughs> and the collaboration with ariana grande was amazing and elton john but like the whole album as a whole yeah it's um... just it's a masterpiece like, okay it's a masterpiece okay. <laughs> like, I, it's, now i can't choose between born this way ball and Chromatica like that like
0: the albums, like yeah. I can't decide which is my favorite. Right, I see? I don't want to say. I don't want to say anything bad about Chromatica. Okay, don't. Talk, I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna say something, if you're gonna say, if you're gonna say, something negative, let's move on to the next question.
1: <laughs> because I am a Lady Gaga fan. Have been since day one. And
0: no, I no, I like Lady Gaga. I think she's great. I think she's a great artist. Like the album. I don't. I wouldn't say that I don't like it. Say that I don't like it is too strong. I just don't think it's my favorite album from beginning to end. I don't think it keeps me. It doesn't keep me like hooked on it. I, I think because I've been through relationships and I relate to the lyrics and stuff.
1: Yeah. Like, um, I, dancing away your sorrows is the. It's a brilliant idea. 100%. Like,
0: and I think I like, I think that like for instance, like rain on me was something that like all the gays were like yeah, singing yeah. like on Instagram, TikTok, all of that. And I actually think that is a great song.
1: And the video is epic.
0: Yeah, I did, yeah. And I think it's like, I think it came out at a really great time because, I mean, we were in like COVID times, but it's like- She fucking saved
1: 2020.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) She saved my life.
1: I thought I was gonna commit suicide or something.
0: Yeah, I see. Well, I mean, I I don't think I share my I don't think I share the same level of love or enthusiasm for Lady Gaga that you do. No. But I do think she's great. I she's do think she. Yeah, yes, I do think. My she's favorite artist
1: of all time is Amy Winehouse, though.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, there we are. Because... Yeah, I love <laughs> and
1: we're we're featuring a song from her in the event. The link of true. So uh, Havana's gonna sing the uh, "Love Is a Losing Game." I see. Yeah. And it great song. Amazing. Though. So you're gonna be really blown away.
0: Yeah. So, Amy Winehouse
2: gets spoken about quite a bit on this podcast. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. So, 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 Josh, the question is uh, which one, Frank or Back to Black? Back to Black. For you. Back to Ooh. Black. Back to Black. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it's Frank for me. I, I, obviously, I love both, obviously, but I think Frank is the one that I, yeah, that's the one that I like proper. Love, love is a love, losing love.
1: game is my favourite song of all time
2: it's to be a fair, song yeah. that's also one of the songs that it's, it's better live than it is on the recording as yeah, well yeah. I like about that well, this yeah. is
1: why we've recorded it for the event I chose all the songs the songs that you're going to hear are Till It Happens to You by Lady Gaga mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. some people don't know the song
0: uh, yeah she performed at the Oscars yeah
1: right? she's yeah. doing a cover of that and then Who Wants to Live Forever by Queen mm-hmm. is a duet with her singing coach which is amazing and then uh, Love is a Losing Game. So she's singing three songs that will be featured in the event. And there's songs that I chose and she agreed to do. So okay, just going to hear her voice. I wish we could have a here to do a little live.
0: <laughs> 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 <Sniff> it,
2: yeah,
0: <laughs> So, like, going back to the, like, HW, The Naked Truth. Yes. Because um, you said it's an event. We've spoken about it. But, like, yeah. I, really, I really, like, wonder, like, how did you, like, how, did, how was, like, the conception? How did you come up with it? Did I just came like... up with it.
1: I was like, you know what? World AIDS Day. I, I, it was actually because I had a day off
0: on the day. <laughs>
1: right. And I was like, what can we do on World AIDS Day? And I was like, why don't we have, like, an event? Originally, I was doing it with a different company, but we fell out because she couldn't cope with the pressure. Mm-hmm. So we kind of moved on to stream movement who have saved my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Adrian is a blessing from God. He's taken on the journey and the pressure of all of it. And we've created with the team, like this amazing, like film, cinematic, cinematic is mm-hmm. that the word? Yep. Like production. And it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Cause like it's got artists from around San Francisco, ballet, ballet, black, ah. Uh, the Scala Ballet, like, it's going to be, like, this big production that you're going to live stream. We're going to live stream on World AIDS Day. Right. And hopefully people can donate worldwide to donate
0: to the cause. Okay.
1: So text NAKED to 70085 to donate £5 pounds to the Terence Higgins Trust. Text costs 5 plus 1 standard rate message, and you'll be opting in to hear more about our work and fundraising via telephone and SMS. If you'd like to give £5 pounds but do not wish to receive marketing communications, text naked no info to 70085. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, that's so, the info
1: read out from my phone. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, okay, so you sounds like one day you want to do an event for World Aid Day. Yes. And um, then
1: my future dream is to set up a charity in Sri Lanka. Okay. Because that's where I was born. Yeah. But this will be because I have a love for children. I told you, I showed you my niece. Yes, yeah. So I really want to set up an event where we hold galas, live events on the beach, like a big stage by the sea, yeah. sunset going down, tables, gala, yeah. raising money for children, doing workshops with the kids. Yeah. That is my purpose in life, is to help others. Okay. And I feel if I can set up these two things, the Naked Truth and Teardrop Love, uh, that's what it will be called,
0: yeah. Okay, like,
1: um, I would do, I, I'll have done my purpose in life and write my music as songs about my emotions and stuff,
0: yeah. Okay, so do you still, so you said you're from like, so you were born in Sri Lanka, born in Sri
1: Lanka, then adopted as a baby, okay, and came to
0: the UK at five weeks old. Okay, so do you, would you say you have a connection with Sri Lanka? So I've
1: been back many times and I just love the country and like, the children. I love children. I don't know if I have my own. I love. I'd rather be Mother Teresa. Yeah.
0: You know, like be able
1: to hand them <laughs> yeah. back at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <I'm not happy.
1: laughs>
0: in a mean way. like I see my
1: sister loving all the like child, like the baby is a little baby, but she's gonna grow up and she's gonna say, "I hate you. I don't like you. Give me money." And I'm like. I don't want that. I just want to like love the kids while they're young and beautiful, and like yeah. <laughs> encourage them and help their well being and the communities and stuff. Okay. Um, I feel children are a blessing. They're the future. Like they'll do better than Donald Trump. Like yeah. seriously, like, yeah. He needs to go and that bitch of a side thing she's she he's got on his side. Like what's Melania. You oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just so over them. <laughs>
0: I
2: I completely agree. I couldn't agree more.
1: Like what? How can you go from Obama and Michelle to them? Like seriously, it's true.
2: yeah. Like what? It was it was like? a, it's a definite downgrade. Definitely, it's yeah. so, <laughs> It makes America
1: look awful.
2: Yeah, it does. And I
0: think that like the bar, like when the Obamas were in office, the bar, the, the bar was like this high. Yeah, and, like slowly going down. I mean, he may like, not be
1: the best president, but he's actually normal and like has family values. Yeah, like I feel just like standard courtesy for people and like respect. Yeah. Whereas Donald Trump just doesn't know, he's a child. Yeah,
0: He's a child essentially. with a wig on. Yeah, he's like a, like a narcissist. He seems like a narcissist basically. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. yeah. get off Twitter, that's when <laughs> <laughs> And like all the stuff he was saying, like, like the account had not been done in like, any way, shape or form, it's like, our face people weren't already. And oh, kind a, of like yeah kind of like um yeah, stoking all this like voter fraud and vote suppression thing like it's just really bad like kind of like i, I like, just
1: don't know how he got in power like i don't, like people like him i'm like how can you be the president of the 90s but the worst thing is america votes for him
0: well exactly that just yeah, exactly. shows
1: what america's like i love americans like, i met some beautiful Americans along my journey. I love the American style. Mm-hmm. But, like, I really am upset that so many Americans still vote for Donald Trump. It's
0: true. Well... Like, they love him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, they're so narrow-minded. I mean, he didn't come about in a vacuum. And yeah. I think one of the things that I was, like that has come out since this election's happened, because Donald Trump has outperformed. So he won't win this election, but he's yeah. done far better than was predicted for him to do. Yeah. So that means that even though Donald Trump might not be president, might say, in February of next year, uh-huh. the whole idea of Trumpism yeah. will, still be, will still be alive and well. And that still yeah. will be a danger to people in the States, like black, brown, queer people, yeah. Um, in America as well and like if it if it, tra- if it goes kind of like across the Atlantic and things like that so it's something that we need to be
2: aware of so we can do something 100%. about exactly. it exactly because it's not going anywhere and like in four years time it's going to be the, I think we're going to have the same kind of threat there in four years time Definitely. if it's not him it'll be, it'll be one of his disciples or someone with very oh, yeah, yeah. Right, so yeah. similar vibes to him so yeah, it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me if his son if his son ran for president in 2024 oh. the American man. <laughs> He's That's got a
0: Yeah, Ivanka, yeah. yeah.
2: It's either relatives like sort of blood relatives of the president or their spouse or something, isn't it? That can or the former first lady, um
0: Melania. That can,
2: that can run again, yeah. And if he yeah, Oh, I don't know. I like like this is only if Biden gets in, it's only a brief relief, like uh the water yet. Like it's probably just the beginning, if nothing else. Yeah. we'll, we'll see. Right
1: i want lady gaga to run for president
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah um i think Carney is definitely running again isn't he in 2024 that's what like he said he's, yeah he's not, he, but i think he, has he, did he run this time i can't remember but
0: he tried to tell he ran in a certain he ran in like maybe 10 states but right. he didn't do like he didn't do very well at all like he was too late he to cried didn't
1: he? didn't he cry or something i have no
0: idea to think, i heard yeah. he
1: cried or something Thank you, him like to do
0: <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> Publicity stunt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, Kit like Kanye kind of West running for president is wild in in and of itself. I hope by the time twenty twenty four happens, someone would have talked some sense into him and like.
2: Just go, on, yeah. I, I think that's very wishful thinking, Ainsley. Like he's got the ego the size of a planet. Like, yeah. I think I've got, I have a strange relationship with him because I think I'm one of those few people that I haven't listened to that much of his music. So anything that's been released commercially, I know, but I've never listened to any of his albums properly. Mm-hmm. So I hear a lot of people say how much of a genius he is, and blah blah blah. But the part I only ever see is you know the massive ego and and like you know the I don't know, I get the feeling he's not always, you know, the most well person. Yeah. Um, but it's the same trap where someone's a celebrity, so they it feels like they get a pass and they don't get the support they need, perhaps. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe I should listen to his first two albums and, and then see if I've... Because I've, I've never had a great opinion of him at all. His music is a different matter, but um,
0: I his find first... him a particularly
2: annoying celebrity. for yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> His first five albums, and to, to release five good albums, is. And no mean fee, but his first five albums I'd say range from good to incredible. Right, and I'm not, yeah, I'm not a carnival fan anymore. But like back then, so um, my beautiful twisted dark fantasy came out in 2010. When the album <laughs> came out, I was like drinking the Kool Aid, I was plugged <laughs> right into <the> carnival. <laughs> <laughs> it's sexy
1: in some ways. Really? I just, I oh, mistaken. I don't know either. You know. But he's, got, he's gained weight, right? Yeah. When he was he skinnier. And back in the day, he was nice.
2: I'd never... I'm I don't not. know, like... He's got the kind of face I want to punch. Uh, so <laughs> I really, I'm, I'm, I'm going to um, take that back then. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can see why some people might like him. I can, I can see No, it's if just, Kim likes him, me, I don't right? like him. <laughs> Kim's got
0: bad taste. As you get back on track, back to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to ask, because um, obviously you're raising money for the Tevins Higgins. Tevins Higgins. Yeah. So, like, um, I seen was that like when you were kind of like devising eight 5 Reading Naked Truth? Was that like straight away? Was that like, so you knew you wanted to raise money for them? Did you, like, I've always that the followed
1: them. I've always been raising money for them on my birthday and stuff. Yeah. And since I was diagnosed, I found them at 516th Street. Mm-hmm. Um, by just going for my regular checkups, and I saw, I I noticed like, brochures about them. Yeah, and um, I just think the work they do for ending HIV stigma. Yeah, the work they do for raising awareness is amazing. Yeah, and if I could, I'd work for them. Like I would love to work for them. If
0: I yeah, could. yeah.
1: Um, through the arts, of course. But yeah, like um, that's my next challenge to so get myself in
0: there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You found you'd be really great at like art therapy or like dance therapy or something like that. I want to work with disabled people. Right. Okay. So maybe
1: that could lead on to something like autistic people. Mm -hmm. um, But we'll see what happens. Like next year, I'm supposed to be doing the Royal Academy of Dance professional dancers teaching diploma. Yeah. It was supposed to be this year, but because the government cut the funding, because of COVID, like Mm. it's been postponed to next year. So. Mm everything's
2: fucked up right now yeah <laughs> 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 just just in summary yes
0: <laughs> yes so um, I've actually had so I've I've called uh, Kevin Tiggins to us twice when I had like some like I had like two kind of like HIV kind of scares okay yeah. in my life and I've called them and spoken to someone yeah gotten like really great past advice from them yeah.
1: they're amazing they're they do, always yeah. there to support and they're just so lovely and even Laura Stock, who's um, interviewing me for the Terrence Higgins Trust, mm-hmm. she's like amazing woman. And Liam Beattie for coming to like be part part of the event. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for everyone at the Terrence Higgins Trust because it's my dream to be like a role model for them. And mm-hmm. um, I just hope I can make a difference by holding this event, the naked truth. You know. So. Yeah.
0: I think like I think the event itself. Like, one of the reasons why I remember, I think I like I did, as soon as I saw it. I saw it advertised, I added you on Instagram straight away and you were like someone I 100% wanted to speak to because like, it's amazing. I think the work that you're doing through the art of dance, no less, is like raising awareness and doing your bit to end HIV stigma, which I think is just so important. And like, I I always say, I I don't always say, I'm completely lying, I've never said anyone before. (laughs) Yeah, why did I say that? (laughs) But like, I'm saying like, now as well, in the UK especially, that like, HIV won't kill us.
1: No. But the stigma might. It will kill us. It it can lead to suicide, it can lead to just feeling doubt and self insecurities, you know, insecurities about yourself. Yeah. Like, you don't feel, you can talk to anyone. Yeah, like we need to be able to re- talk about it and make it a topic that people can be openly open about it. One
0: hundred percent. So uh, I think what I always want, want to do is sorry, just to I I did want to ask about kind of like the stigma. Yeah. Like, have you had? Have you ever like felt or have you been stigmatized? Have you had to deal with much of it I mean,
1: it's more just the fact when I came out to my family. It, I haven't been like. I mean, obviously on Grinder. You get people that are like, oh, you're HIV. Oh, block, 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 block. But like, I am never. I I'm quite oblivious to when people are homophobic or trying to stigmatize me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I I'm very confident in myself. Mm-hmm. I've learned that over the years. But like, the stigma that comes with HIV, like, there's so many people that are like, oh, I have to wear gloves. Even my parents were like, we have to wear gloves. Oh, if really? you get we won't be able to like touch you like there's still a lot of stigma like it's not a disease it's a disease yes it's a virus but like um it's when you're on medication you cannot pass the virus on yeah and people need to know that Yeah. people on effective medication cannot pass the virus on Yeah. it is not transmissible mm-hmm. it's non-transmissible
0: yeah so I think maybe we would we describe it as like a manageable Isn't, yeah. yeah um disease. Kind of like maybe it always like liken it to diabetes yeah. for yeah. instance.
1: Like mm. when you're on HIV medication, you cannot pass it on to mm-hmm. someone who is undetectable. Mm-hmm. Um negative, sorry.
0: Yeah, so what um they always we always see like U equals U, so yeah. that means what um, undetectable equals yeah. untransmittable.
1: Yeah, untransmissible.
0: And I think, yeah, like we can't say that, we can't say that enough okay. or to enough people. 100%. You need to keep
1: telling people because it's just not getting to their heads. Like there's so much stigma. Like even the last few days, I'm like, wow, like seriously? Yeah. It's just like, come on, like we're in 2020. 20, what, what
0: 2020,
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I what but like seriously. It's part of the, I guess maybe it's partly because of people's knowledge of it because it was in sort of common circulation sort of in the 80s and 90s where back then it was pretty much a death sentence yeah. and yeah. There, there have been improvements in the field it's like people haven't kept up, people haven't kept up with the improvements that have happened yeah. so they still think it's you know basically off oh, if you have it it's super super contagious and you're going to die and stuff like that. Princess yeah. Diana um, did and- a great job Mm. She did a yeah. great
1: job of being able to shake hands with people that were HIV. Mm-hmm. right?
2: And
1: like, ha- Prince Harry's ta- taking on the role of her mum. Yeah. His mum. Mm.
0: You know, like the, with the work with HIV, which is yeah. amazing. I think, Keith, that you make a really good point. I remember when I did my math degree, master's degree at King College London, yeah. like, stick my hair back. <laughs> <laughs> So um, anyway we um, were talk about something called like cultural memory and I think that ties into kind of like a collective trauma as well yeah. so I think because of especially if you're older so if you're in your 40s or in your 30s and you were you were in the middle of the HIV AIDS epidemic in the middle of the crisis and yeah. you saw the really aggressive advertising one was like the yeah. A thing, and it came yeah. down, and stuff like that, and you are hearing about people dying dying like left, right, and centre, I kind of feel that there's still maybe a bit of a collective trauma from that that filters down yeah. into people. So even though we've like come like leaps and bounds, there is medicine here that nobody can transmit. And yeah. if, you, um, if you are a sexually active person and you take prayer, as prescribed and you can't get the virus yes exactly. i think the first the first thing that still is in a lot of people's minds is that messaging from before
1: 100 percent, 100 percent.
0: and this is what we really need to fight this is what we really need to, yes like, and to this fight. is why i'm
1: holding the event is yeah. that reason
0: yeah so it is yeah so i think that's kind of one of the one of the reasons why that kieran and i both just like so eager to kind of like have you on the podcast oh bless you, you bless you, bless you. <laughs> no,
2: it's
1: Just an honor it's after.
0: an honor
2: <laughs> well, thanks thanks for coming on right, yeah. oh
1: you're welcome yeah, honestly
2: we've met so many interesting people but...
1: if i'm talking shit, i'm sorry it's my first podcast <laughs> 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 honestly, like, it's all new to me this like holding up it's my first event i've never been interviewed i've never had to talk in front of a camera it's all happening. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> so please be back. So, like, excuse my language and sorry if I'm making a fool of myself. But you are not, no, I have no good not. Sorry.
2: I have good
0: intentions. <laughs> you're not making a fool out of yourself. You can swear as much as you like, like, no topic is off limits. Thank so you, yeah. you're doing completely fine. <laughs> and I feel like, with you being a dancer, you're kind of, like, leaving out. I mean, it was never my dream to be a dancer, but I've always been interested in it, in, like, Kind of like, it's a very actually, hard life. Like, I've always admired it definitely. Age,
1: you train yeah. from a very young age, like you get lots of bulimic people, like um, anorectic people. The training's very vigorous. You have to like uh, work your muscles like from a young age, like stretch every day. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to put in the hours to have the results. And um, it's a life commitment. And I had to take a break from it. Yeah. So I I, just, mm-hmm. I got to the breaking point. I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, but like, seriously, it takes a lot of strain on your body. Now I'm starting to feel the niggles as I come into my 30s. Yeah. like I'm feeling the niggles. Like, I'm like, oh, I pulled my hip today. Oh, I pulled my shoulders today. It's like, and because I do not do class every day at the moment, because of um, my day job, like literally, it's like, mm-hmm. it's a lot harder to stay in shape. It's
2: like taxing on the body. But I, I find it fascinating when you know, when you've had a passion and like a dream from such a young age yeah. And you stuck with it as well. I always find it like admirable and fascinating as well. Well
1: like, no, just, I just need to like take a, a break from it. But I coming back to what I love is the most amazing thing. I'm so glad mm. I did it. If I hadn't been inspired to do it, like I I probably would have never gone back to it. I would have just given up on life. Yeah. I'd just been like on the drugs, like partying, go clubbing every night, just wasting my life away. But now I've kind of got a goal, a vision, I've got my life on track again. I'm hopefully gonna Fulfill my dreams again, and maybe not the way I would have liked to, but you know, yeah, it's it's what I was meant to do. Like I was born for this reason. I feel like this is my purpose in life: Mm -hmm. is to help others, to raise awareness for HIV, and to help children in Sri Lanka, which is where I was born from. And like maybe that was my purpose. Yeah, yeah, my gift from God, and I'm gonna use it in the way I can to help others.
0: You speak a lot about like taking a break from from dancing and being yeah. a dancer. From what it sounds to me, I don't know if it sounds the same to you. Key is that like you might feel it feels like you took a break from like elite dance. So like when you're at like, the top of the profession, when I was dancing. I never
1: made it to the top. It was okay. more the fact I I was always going from job to job. Mm-hmm. Um, the stress of not knowing where you're going. Mm-hmm like from contract to contract was stressful for me mm-hmm. going months without work and then months with work. And, but the best person in my life that really believed in me was David Merley. He really gave me a chance in my dance career. And um, I'd be always grateful for him. He okay. had a company called Merley Dance and mm-hmm. he really put me in the limelight for his company. And um, it's just like, you have to take every opportunity that comes along yeah with a dancer any opportunity to be in the limelight or to be featured but it's just like that anxiety of not knowing where you're going next
0: of course yeah if you're
1: in a big company which i never was like as i told you the government cut the contract for croatia Mm -hmm. so i couldn't go to croatia and be in that company so i've always gone from contract to contract and i was like i can't do this anymore i just want to be a normal person have a normal life be able to love someone which has not happened, but like, you know, like I just want to be human, you know, and be able to eat what I want, when I want, like, I don't care how I look. Uh, yeah. You're so self-conscious. Mm-hmm. You have to look good all, at every angle from like a young age. Mm-hmm. And you have to partner. I hated partnering with girls. I don't want to be lifted. I don't want to lift a girl. I want to be lifted myself. I want to wear a 2 I want to wear point shoes. I don't care if I'm being feminine. Like, Mm -hmm. why have labels, you know? Yeah. yeah. I think we should all be who we are and not have to be judged for what we do or want to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think that, like, in this five-year break that you've had, you've managed to come up. It seems like you've, like, like, conceptualised, come up with dancing, produced this whole event that you're going to use. And that's, like... That's just been... I
1: think um, I, it always takes an idea, and it can spark if someone believes in you. Yeah. And the person who believed in me was Adrian, mm-hmm. and he's really, he's really just stood by my side. We've argued a lot, but you know, good arguing has been constructive arguing. You know, mm-hmm. like <clears throat> we want the yeah. best out of this event, and he really believes in me. And um, you know, I feel. I think as a team, you have to remember it's a teamwork. It's not just me. Yeah. It's all the videographers, mm-hmm. the like, choreographers, the dancers involved. It's a, it's a collaboration. And I'm, I'm just grateful during this COVID that we've, been mani- we've managed to be able to produce this event mm-hmm. and hopefully bring something really special for World Aid Day.
0: Yeah. And just so we're clear, World Aid Day is on the 1st, 1st of December, December. Tuesday,
1: Tuesday, the 1st of December. And the event will take place at 7.30pm UK time
0: okay and so th- is it like a one-time only event that you it will be
1: live it? streamed on the 1st of december but it will be saved on social media okay so like youtube and things
0: like that yeah
1: and we're hoping to get it to the bbc okay even though they say all oh, their employers cannot attend hiv um, gay well, yeah, events that Black, that was,
0: yeah it was crazy. No that
1: this it was yeah great for us. so what's well, sorry I heard
2: that this week, um, yeah. I saw like, something about Which it. Which
1: is a bit of a shame because we wanted to send it to the BBC slash Channel 4.
2: Yeah. I mm-hmm. think so if sure. we could, I, yeah. I, we
1: will try. When, once it's a full programme, I think we'll get more exposure from it.
0: Yeah. How long has it taken you to like, from like conception to now? Like how long has that We've been? We've been
1: discussing this and working on this since August. Okay, I've
0: got so, quite, quite a fact heard around then. This, yeah. Yeah, we've,
1: we've, done, we've done it quite fast, but like, we I first reached out to the dancers in August, mm-hmm. June, and um, we've just been working on all the collaborations and working up. We've had a few dramas with videographers, like, rights and yeah some major dramas but you know the show must go on yeah exactly
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think with like any production like any production you do there's always going to be dramas i didn't be. know this
1: happened I, I was like just go to the idea. it'll be so easy we'll just do this and i'm like oh
0: shit this is not easy
1: yeah i don't know what the fuck
0: <laughs> yeah look, this is like this is kind of like the whole producing a show thing i uh, you know i it's
1: under your name so you're like i can't say anything bad which I, I am going to say some bad thing. I want to talk about my drug scene too. Okay. But like, um, you know, like, it's like you're you're the, you're the face of the event and it's like, you know, that pressure of all that. Yeah. You know, it's quite scary. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's going to go well. I'm not worried about that. I think people will enjoy it and it will educate people, you know, mm-hmm. the people that are unaware, like through a way of the arts, the arts expresses stuff without words. Yeah. And I think arts is... The arts is fucked right now,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I'm really hoping we can. Um, it'll be great to get the funding to put, uh, to fund this event, but you know we've done it all out of the love of our hearts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the passion for dance. Mm. So I'm grateful to all the artists involved. Like I, from the bottom of my heart, I couldn't have done it without them. Mm-hmm. But they've all wanted to come on board with my story and share my story, and I'm really grateful and. Um, I'm blessed. I'm a blessed boy right now.
0: Yeah,
2: hundred <laughs> <Yeah. 100%. laughs> percent.
0: I don't know how you feel about the like, the naked truth now, but I'd hope it's something that you feel proud of. I'm so proud, and it's still a while
1: still hasn't hit me that this is happening.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: it's all been a bit of a whirlwind oh. since August. Like the journey and the process, like the people that have come on board. I'm like, wow, Mario Galiansi, wow, Sasha Mukamido. I'm like. But it's like it hasn't hit me yet. Once I watch the program and sit back on the first of December at seven thirty, I'm like, yes, man. You might, I, oh yes, so
2: it. I was. I was going to ask you about this. How is the naked truth being like broadcast or distributed? How is it will be live streamed
1: man? by a stream movement and House of Rainbow, possibly Karen right. Biggest to Trust too.
2: Oh, okay. So so you'll be like giving It'll a be link by by to by YouTube
1: people. or I don't know Facebook or something. I don't know how it's going to be totally streamed yet. We're still discussing it. But yeah. seven thirty by stream we we're in the House of Rainbow the definite.
2: Okay. On the first on the first of December.
1: First of December, yes.
0: So if wow. we go on the House of Rainbow website, yeah, then wow. be able oh, to on find their it. Facebook
1: page or whatever. Okay. I'll send a link out to
0: everyone. So everyone add me on Facebook and Instagram, please. How did you like get like get affiliated with House of Rainbow when like, So I've met Julia Black Pride? Okay, so uh, we met 20 months, right in 20
1: 20 2017 or something. Okay, yeah, 15. and we um, just became friends. And then we met at Gay Pride, and he then invited me to one of his events. And then he helped me, he wanted me to create a solo for his ordination. Oh, so wow! I created okay, a solo for his ordination, which wasn't didn't happen in the end, yeah, but then it's happened now, yeah. So, um, I created a solo for him, and it was featured in. Black pride inside, uh, pride inside. Mm-hmm. The gay black pride is riots and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So he's been amazing, and he's just really supported me. And it's a safe place for an event like this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, LGBTQI yeah. plus, like um, religious views, and it's just I I, I felt really safe to uh, stream it live with them.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's great. Um, we've met well, we met him. Um, have you heard of, there's a group called Blackout UK. Yes, Blackout, like, uh, Rob Berkeley. Rob right. Buckley yeah, yeah and yeah. Mark Thompson. Yeah. They did an event, they used to do an event before Miss mm-hmm. Voner came and ruined everything. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> called uh, Black Men Who Brunch. They've done yeah. two, and on the first one, Kieran and I spoke at it. So we did kind of like an informal podcast, kind of like just talk. There with everyone, that's how we met. That's how we met Jidde. Oh, wow. And, um, and he was speaking to us there, and he expressed an interest in being in the podcast. Oh. So we met him in December, and um, we managed to get together in March of this year. Wow. And, like, when he was a guest on the show, it was like we were... Basically, we kind of, like, twitched to mic on and let him talk. Yeah. And that was, like, it was really, like inspirational and educational at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, But I think, like, he's, obviously he's lived, it feels like he's lived enough to have, like, five or six lives. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: he's an amazing man, he's an amazing man. Like, I'm, I'm so honoured he's featured in the event.
0: Really. Yeah, no, me too. I think, yeah, I think he does, I think, like, the work he does is incredible. Incredible. And he's
1: standing up for Nigerians, and mm-hmm. he's just a total role model. Like, 100%. I have all the love for him in the world.
0: Yeah. Um, kind of like a recurring thing, like I always say on this podcast, I actually do say is that um like it 's good that we can have like black queer men who yeah. are out and visible, yes, and who are doing stuff in our community, and who just like these are people that like i no one have met before,, yeah which like doesn 't always happen isn 't always the case, yeah, so yeah like we 're super grateful for them. like. Um, I we really have for him, like um, his ordination was all over social media, yes, so that yeah. was great to it's see. Amazing. And I, I think I said that at the time that like he probably won't be one of the only one of the few people, like only, one of the only people who would get me to go to church. Yeah. Again. But I think he I think the way that he approaches like spirituality yeah. and Christianity not, makes it it seem... It doesn't
1: mean you're religious. It doesn't mean you're overly religious, it's just about having a faith thing. Someone above,
0: you know? yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't
1: mean you have to pray every day or go to church every weekend. Mm-hmm. It's a personal thing between you and God.
0: Yeah,
1: and it doesn't have to be out there for everyone to see. Jude does, but like in a way that's not so. Like you have to know every Bible verse in the Bible. Like Bible yeah, you know? and that's yeah. like no. Yeah, I have a personal faith, but
0: it doesn't have to be exposed to everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think like for us, it's hard. Like on a faith, like like so spirituality and religion. Yeah. Kind of always gets intertwined. Yes. And when that happens, like it makes me like associated with negative things. Oh, a
1: hundred percent because the church turns away from gay people and the conversion and all this kind of
0: stuff, mm-hmm. you know,
1: like they're fucked up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, um, I think it was just like so great that you were able to come and take the time to talk to us about HIV, the Naked Truth, to kind of like be like quite candid and open, actually, about your life, about your, da- like, your dance, about, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, about HIV stigma, about everything like that. So we're super grateful for that. So that's so much for
2: coming on the show. 100%. percent
0: The to get. So it's H.I.V. The Naked Truth. Yeah, It's a World AIDS day yeah. on the 1st of December. Yeah. It's a live stream event from 7.30 to 7.30 at night. Is that correct? Yeah. 7.30pm. UK, PM UK in time. GM, no, GMT? Yeah. Yeah. Greenwich yeah, mean time. GMT. Meantime, GMT. Um, is there anything else we've missed? Anything else we need to say? The
1: website. If you want to know the casting and yeah. all the information, go to www.hivthenakedtruth.com
0: excellent that's www.hyvthenakedtruth.com yes
1: I might have said too many W's
0: <laughs> <laughs> you did I
1: got carried away with
0: the W's <laughs> well yes yeah, thank you so much for your time I think it's been a blast I've had a blast it's nice to have like human kind of like face to face interaction oh, it's yeah like fuck COVID seriously <laughs> know, yeah, it's like no, no, no. all of a sudden so anyway, yeah, that that's the that, that's the end of another episode. Thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Thanks.